Hello, happy Sunday. It is Arlen. Once again, this is your first million. This is a bonus episode. Um, I interviewed just today, just moments ago, actually, Jason Calacanis. I've mentioned Jason a few times. If you're not familiar, I've mentioned him a few times recently on the podcast because he had and has a very robust syndicate, investing syndicate. It is um, not only one of the inspirations for the syndicate that I do at BackstageCrowd.com with my team at Backstage, but he's also been an advisor to it and just very, you know, unofficially just helping. So I've mentioned Jason. You may also be familiar with him. If you are already a Backstage Crowd syndicate member or you're contemplating it, you're going to want to hit No, you've already hit play. You're going to want to stick around. This is a longer episode. Um, It's very, very interesting, I think, if I do say so myself. It takes some turns, especially in the third act. Definitely worth sticking around. Um, Yeah, I don't know what to say quite, (laughs) quite say about it because it, it went places I didn't think it was going to go. Um, The first two thirds, though, I think, It's just pure, pure syndicate information. It's going to be very helpful to you. If you are someone who is like, I'm not, this isn't for me because I don't make investments, you might actually find that you either have the ability to make angel investments as someone who's accredited and you don't even know it, or that you don't have to even be accredited um, to make investments and it's just fun. It's like going on Kickstarter or something to that effect, but instead you're, you're buying ownership in a company and you're helping a company <clears throat> keep going. So I think it's interesting. Definitely going to be one for you, the, the, the listeners who I know are interested in getting into professionally investing. You're going to love this one. <laughs> you're going to love this episode. Anyone who wants to think about kind of holistically their brand, their reputation, their strategy into getting in, starting a fund, starting a um, a syndicate, any of that, I think is this is really for you. So I won't spend more time talking about it. I'll let you just hear it. This is going to be uh, me and Jason Calacanis this Sunday afternoon, July 12th, I believe, 2020. Uh, tell me what you think. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. And for sure, for sure, if you have not yet, Go to backstagecrowd.com and sign up. Did my voice did my voice go out when I said that? <laughs> go to backstagecrowd.com and sign up. All right, all right, Jason Calacanis. Uh it's great to have you here. It's, it's, it's good the to tables be here. Have, tables have turned, Jason. I'm on your pod now. It's <laughs> <laughs> your home turf. Oh, my Let's goodness. Let's do it. You have invited me to your podcast twice, both times, a huge production and, you know, production value and video and everything. And first time was top of 2018. I remember it because I was being recorded by Gimlet. And you were like, who is this, who is this entourage you have? Here? That was pretty funny. That was pretty yeah. funny. 
Yeah, and then the second, and that, that one went really well, and then the second one was just a couple of weeks ago. So if anybody wants to check out our conversation on Jason's uh, podcast, uh, this week in startups is, I believe, the one that was on. Other than because uh, you have a few, um, I have and- Angel podcast too. Oh, hey, hold on a second. Here's my daughter. Oh, no problem. Thanks. Say hi to my friend Arlen. Hello. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> she says, "How you doing?" Is that a platter? She she literally brought me iced tea on a platter. I mean, That's that incredible. is that was very nice. Thank you, London. That's very sweet of you. Aww. All right, I love you. I'll see you in the pool in one hour. Okay, thanks. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's like the, this is the risk we have. Uh, surprise iced tea from my daughter. So That's nice. fine. You know, I, I don't have children and I don't want children and I'm a very happy gay auntie, but I didn't mm. know that they could bring you things on a platter. So I may rethink that. I may rethink my whole situation. Now. It's, uh, you know, I was, I was almost in your camp for a little while and then, I don't know, you know, I had my bulldogs and I just felt so, it's something about unconditional love, uh, you know, putting okay. aside the uh, iced tea on a, on a platter. <laughs> yes. But, and the, uh, I hope it's, well, yes. Okay. Aunties are important too. Oh, I, are they are. We are. Important. We are. We, I think we, there's a, a whole village. New York Times article about aunties. Okay. For sure. Okay. We're going to get started. We're going to talk about syndicates. I, there are a million topics you and I have and could talk about. But I want to really do a deep dive on syndicates because just like with Paige Craig, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, um, you have so much experience with syndicates in a way that I don't think anyone else does, at least not publicly. And so I wanted to really talk about a a few case studies and then talk about some strategy. Um, First of all, for anyone who doesn't know you, because this, this is, you know, a broad audience, can you give the, the, the quick version of Jason Calacanis? Yeah. So um, kid from Brooklyn, uh, was in the IT business, like fixed laser printers as my first job, went to school at night, worked my way through school, took five years, uh, and the internet happened while I was in college at Fordham. Um, and I used to take the train in for 90 minutes uh, and take my classes at night. Um, so I got lucky to be like born at the time of the internet you know, commercialized. Long story short, I started a couple of magazines in the 90s about the internet, became an entrepreneur. And I would always meet CEOs. I would always meet uh, investors and interview them. And I'd be like, "Mm, I'm smarter than this person. And so very similar to your story, you know, and I read your book, and I feel like a great kinship to you. Like, I feel like we have a kinship anyway. But like, after reading the book as like, you're the outsider outsider, but I'm like, somewhere between yeah, I feel like it's a very similar kind of story in terms of, you know, uh, being an outsider and coming into Silicon Valley and not feeling like maybe you belong there or you're welcome because I didn't go to Stanford. I didn't go to Harvard. And back when I came into the industry, if you didn't go to one of those schools, you know, like Silicon Valley was eh, not too welcome. Right. Um, anyway, uh, became an entrepreneur, got lucky a couple of times. Uh, and, when I was a Sequoia uh, CEO, Sequoia Venture Capital Firm, you've talked a lot about in your program, um, they said, hey, J. Cal, you know, you keep sending us these great companies and uh, you're a great referrer to us. Um, we have an idea. And Ruloff both called me and said, here's the idea. I want you to be a scout for us. And I said, like, like an MBA scout? And they said, exactly. I said, how does it work? And they said, well, we'll give you money. You invest it. And we'll split the money 50-50. I said, that's interesting. Um, what do I have to do? And they said, you have to write a deal memo. 
And I was like, no, I don't want to write a memo. If I'm going to invest in something, I should. And this is like such an idiot, like Sequoia Capital, the number one venture capital in the world for people who don't know, like they did Apple and Google and YouTube, every famous company, you know, Sequoia has. It's, it's sort of like the Yankees or something, you know, like in terms of um, a an organization, just the most winning organization by far in their league. And so they gave me this little checkbook and I started writing 25 or 50K checks. And in the first seven investments, I hit three unicorns, which you and I both know is absurdly lucky um, and ridiculous. It's like- it's, it's like once or twice in a lifetime if you're, if you're Jason Calacanis or Chris Saka. Yeah, and you know, I, I attribute it um, to the fact that I had this giant network, which we'll get into, which is super important for investors. Um, and I had uh, a brand. And so I knew everybody and I didn't have to go seek deal flow. It was just, I was uh, a magnet for deal flow because I was always the one throwing the party. And then I went on to um, host a little event called Open Angel Forum. And this is really gets into the history of Silicon Valley uh, or the history of syndicates, uh, which is what we came, we, we scheduled this to talk about, which was I would have, uh, six or seven companies come to uh, my office and I'd invite the 15 or 20 known angel investors. And I would do this in LA, New York, and San Francisco. And uh, Uber came to one of them. Three out of 21 people there invested. Style Seat uh, came to one. Thumbtack came to one. A bunch of famous companies. And, um, you know, when you get a couple of hits, it's a hits-based business. So overnight, I went from being like that annoying journalist to the greatest point guard in the history of the NBA. And, you know, people just just treated me differently. And, you know, we can get into that sort of, you're experiencing it right now. You know, you write a book, people treat you differently. You, you can write checks, people treat you differently, but you're the same person, right? And I thought that was, was really interesting about your book. When we, when we actually talked about it on our book club last week, the Writer for Book Club, was, you know, all of a sudden you're the same person but you get treated radically different. And you're like, well, but I was the same person 15 minutes ago. Um, and so at that time, a friend of mine, Naval, uh, who everybody knows on Twitter, at Naval, N-A-V-A-L, he had started something called Venture Hacks. And he was writing uh, blog posts about how to write a term sheet. Um, and back then, you know, this is like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, people didn't, even know how a term sheet was written. So it was like a really weird time. And then Venture Hacks, he would just email people, here are three companies I met with this week. So I was doing the Open Angel Forum in person. He was doing it on email. Venture Hacks became AngelList and I became thesyndicate.com. And the rest is, uh, you know, an ongoing history actually. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I was gonna say you could write a book about it, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> you did, what's the name of the book? Angel. Uh, is the name of the book. And uh, if you just search for Angel Jason or Angel Calacanis, you'll find it amongst uh, a large number of religious and or vampire books. <laughs> and, and, and people who are listening to this or watching this, uh, who are also in backstage crowd, which is our syndicate, they will yep. recognize your name, if not for if, if not only for the fact that I mention it quite often, I mention the book quite often as sort of, you know, come in having read both of our books, come in having 
um, uh, you know, studied your, your path a little bit because it's a, it's a good crash course. And yeah. it, it's also, we'll be very clear here. It's also, like you said, uh, almost once in a lifetime, if not twice or, you know, in the lifetime. So first of all, how many unicorns have you had total across your whole por portfolio and explain what a unicorn is to anyone who does not know? Sure. Um, Aileen Lee, who's a very famous pioneering venture capitalist here in Silicon Valley, uh, one of the first female uh, non-white uh, venture capitalists, she came up with the term of a unicorn, which means a company valued at a billion dollars. That's all. So that's not how much money they make. That's what investors put the value on it. So, you know, it's, everybody knows Amazon and Apple are trillion dollar companies. If a company becomes worth a billion dollars, you, you would naturally say, why is a unicorn important? Well, the entry point for an angel investor or a seed investor, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, one of the first rounds of funding before venture capitalists with big checkbooks get involved. In those early rounds, your entry point is the company's probably worth somewhere between three and $10 million, uh, depending uh, on the market. So right now, the market just cooled off from you know, 10 to $15 million in the angel round to, you know, five to 10 again. And when I started, it was three, four or five. So Uber, Thumbtack, um, Datastacks, they were all four or $5 million companies when I invested. So if you invested at 5 million and it reaches a billion, that's 200 times your money. And this is very hard for people to understand because they think, oh, 200%, because that's how the stock market works. No, though, this is 200X. $1 turning into $200. Now there's also the phenomenon that the companies during these stages will issue many more shares. So what happens is they double the number of shares. So if you don't keep up investing, your percentage ownership goes down by half. So really, if you get in at 5 million, it becomes worth a billion, maybe it'll be 75x or 100x, depending mm -hmm. on the dilution, you know, more shares are added. So the pool of uh, hopefully that those more shares being issued make the company more valuable. Um, and so, you know, I, I hit the unicorn of all unicorns in Uber, which, you know, that's worth, uh, you know, depending on when you sold your shares, two, three, four thousand X. That means for every dollar invested, you get four, uh, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars back. And that story is going to keep going. Uh, and there's plenty of stories like that in Silicon Valley. But the answer to your question is seven unicorns uh, in the first call it 150, which, you know, I'm not exactly that good at math, but it's about a one in 30. We'll see. I'm up to 200 and change. It's, it's in one in 20. It's, it's, it's more at my peak. It was. Yeah. But I, I've increased the velocity of my investing and I also I launched an accelerator. So this is why it's very important to look at cohort data. So you have to take, uh, it takes six or seven years to know if you have a winner as an investment. There are a lot of signals along the way. If you do have a winner, we can get into that. But essentially, you know, the companies that are going to fail, fail typically within three years. And the companies that are going to succeed typically succeed between year seven and 10. Mm -hmm. And so when I teach my angel investing course or in my book, I talk about, you know, the sophomore and junior blues, like you start angel investing and you see the companies die very quickly. And you're like, oh my God, what's happening? It would be like a real estate investor buying houses and they go to zero. And you're like, but how does it go to zero or a public stock going to zero? You don't really see that too often. Um, and so you have to be very patient. You find out if you're good at this sometime around year five, six or seven, and you're in year five right now, I believe. 
Yeah, we're going into year five. Yeah. In September. We'll so be this official. will be like, and, and, and this you, is it. So and you saw all those ones die in year two and three. Oh, right? sure. And, so, yeah. and I, my, my risk tolerance is, is out of this world. And, and also having studied this, I think what a lot of people miss, and this is a whole other conversation, but I think yeah. what a lot of people miss about me in particular is that I've studied this in a way that yes. few people have. And it's not, um, it's not all what meets the eye, right? They see some I of it. I picked that out about immediately when I met you. Right, right. I was right. watching the gears turning, like I'm interviewing you and I was just like, mm, she's studying me. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I, I study years in advance. I know where I am as, you know, in relationship to where others are. And I know what they did. And sometimes, many times, when people have success or great failure, et cetera, et cetera, you, you instantly forget all that led up to it, all that they'd done before. Sure. This and, that. and so I knew that going in. But, that's, but that is very important for syndicate members, especially those who have never been part of a syndicate, to understand. Because ultimately, I care about you. <laughs> I care yeah. about syndicate members. And I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. This is not something where you put in a dollar today and next year we're all popping bottles no, no, and no, no, celebrating. No. This is a long-term thing. But th some of the value that you extract during those years watching things fall out and watching things grow, what are some of the value you get? Like, for instance, um, being part of history being made, et cetera. Sure, yeah, there's a lot of non-financial returns to being an angel investor. For me, you know, I like winning. Um, and so when you do win, it is such an amazing high to be, you know, the third or fourth investor in Uber, which somebody made a parody video of this last week, which is hilarious. Oh, wow. Um, of me just like saying it like on CNBC or whatever. But I'll tell you what the best part of our jobs uh, is in my estimation, is that you get to hang out with people who want to change the world in a positive way. And you spend your days with optimistic people. And listen, there's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic, right? If you're in politics, if, you know, I mean, education, I pick the field uh, and it is just God awfully depressing. But when you hang out with entrepreneurs who want to change the world, it changes, I think it changes your brain chemistry. You become this like risk-taking, ultra-positive person. And there's a lot of reasons, you know, that our industry has problems and they're, they're well-documented. I mean, you open up the New York Times every day and it's just like tech is horrible, venture capital is horrible. But uh, on the positive side, um, you know, you see this job creation, you see um, innovations in housing and education, and, and it's just wonderful to hang out with world positive people. Now, you may also choose to focus your energy on a particular uh, geographic region or type of entrepreneur. You've chosen to pick underestimated is the term you use. And I love that term. Uh, some people would say underrepresented. You, you, I think you refer most commonly to folks as underestimated. And you know, that is a return in and of itself. And mm -hmm. so, you know, some people do choose to say, you know what, I just want to see, I don't know, my hometown. I'm from Ohio, you know, I'm from Florida, I'm from Houston, whatever. I just want to see more entrepreneurship in Houston. And you see that all over the world where people are rooting for their hometown by investing. Now that might mute your returns on the margins because you've, you know, eliminated uh, certain categories, but I've also done that. Like I don't invest in biotech. I don't, I doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't mm -hmm. understand it. 
I, I don't invest in China. I don't invest in India. Uh, I don't invest in, uh, you know, places where I can't speak the language. Now that's not xenophobia. It's just practically there's other investors in those regions who understand the region, understand the market better. So this mm -hmm. is why you're going to have great success because you understand your entrepreneurs better and they want you on their cap table. And this is another very subtle thing that people don't understand of why syndicates have really worked so well. The syndicate, the best syndicate leads are desired by the founders. So if you're a black or brown founder, if you're a lesbian founder, if you're a female founder, you're going to say, you know what? Arlen's on my short list one, two, three, or four in terms of who I want on my cap table. And, you know, based on my track record, just any entrepreneur is going to say, if I got Jake Cal on my track record, he's got a good track record. Other investors are going to take his meetings. So those phenomenons, whether it's track record or track record in a, in a geography or with a demographic, um, that makes your job easier. What you're, that's why syndicates are so magical in a way, because the people who join the syndicate don't have to do any work. You, you source the company, you vet the company. Uh, hopefully you do some level of diligence on the company. Not everybody does. I'll be honest about that. Uh, yeah. Originally, I didn't either. I was just placing bets based on the product. I, we, we added diligence as the check sizes got bigger uh, and we got more influential. And then also you don't have to like deal with monitoring and managing the company, signing paperwork. You, you basically, all that falls to the lead. Now, why would the lead do all this work for you? Well, if it becomes a home run in the one in 25 chance or one in 30 chance, they capture 20% of the upside. Mm -hmm. And so in an investment like calm.com, which is a meditation app that we were the first investors in, my fund put in 50K, the syndicate put $328,000 and that company has grown significantly. Well, uh, let's break down known. calm. Yeah. I, want yeah, okay, to do, sure. I want to do a case study on calm. Okay, so to, just to get, gather everyone on the same page, mm -hmm. um, you had this history already, established history of picking winners. You had been investing now. You had done the Uber investment. People were starting to see that that was coming together. I was three uh, or four years in, yeah. Right. And then you start, you, we'll, we'll skip the angelist part, not sure. the, you know, the, the kind of formation of it. But the fact is you had a syndicate. Yep. You had put together a syndicate. Uh, Angelist was a major part of that first part iteration of they, it. They, they taught me how to do it. Uh, sure. Val actually said to me, look at this page. And I said, what is this? And it said, start a syndicate. And then I tweeted it and he goes, oh, you just broke the embargo. We're not announcing it for a week. And overnight, yeah. like 200 people signed up, but we left after 40 deals yeah. or so. Yeah. We can get into so, that later. So <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll, we're going to skip over the Angelist part. But the fact is you had a syndicate on a platform. Yep. Yep. And how I wanted to really break this down. Okay, let's talk about how many people were signed up who could see a deal, who were accredited, who could see a deal around the peak or even today if, if this is yeah, more, yeah, if sure, there's sure. more today. Talk about those numbers. Yeah, so in the early days, I, just because of my Twitter following and my podcast, I had Alex too, who was the founder of Calm.com on my podcast. I was taken with com.com, the domain name. Anytime I see, I look for little like moments of excellence. And then I forget about like all the rough edges. Because as you know, from your uh, history working in music, like 
somebody is not accidentally good at piano or guitar or singing or writing songs. It just does not happen by accident. The concept of a one hit wonder, I believe is complete utter nonsense. Like if you go look at their career, like those one hit wonders probably played for 20 years and then the radio just something took off, right? It's just very rare that there's actually a one hit wonder. It's just that people don't recognize the other brilliance yet. Putting that aside, com.com had that domain name. And I was like, how did you get that domain name, Alex? He's like, ah, oh, you know, because it's a million dollar domain name. He's like, we paid much less than that. And so I offered him to invest. And then I said, you know, I got the syndicate thing up and running. And he said, well, I can't raise money. He had gone to 70 investors and they had all said like meditation is stupid. Meditation, like you can get it for free on YouTube. Why would anybody pay for this in an app? It's dumb. And what um, year is this? This is uh, 2014, maybe, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. six years ago. And so anyway, we, then they, they, they told me recently, like two years ago in a, in a fireside chat, Alex told me they were going to shut the company down if I hadn't put that money in. So when you talk about non-financial rewards, like my heart just exploded with joy in that I might have been, you know, the the one person who, who, you know, really contributed at that moment, but it wasn't just me. It was 60 or so folks out of the 200 in my syndicate at the time. Mm -hmm. Now we've never marketed my syndicate other than like a tweet, you know, or something like that, or me writing about it. We have 4,000 members right now. You have, I think 800 or something you said on our podcast recently. Well, yeah. So we are going through a process, onboarding process, and it's great that you said you had about 200 when you started, and 60, 60 or so. Six yeah. years or so invested in Calm. Was, it, was Calm your very first syndicate deal or was it the yeah, first? Yeah, so once again, like the first thing I did, I hit like the home run of home runs. So this is kind of like the folklore now is that when I touch something, it turns to gold. That is absolutely not true. But I got lucky again where first time up at bat with a syndicate is, is literally the greatest syndicate of all time to this day. Mm. That syndicate owns 5% or so of calm calm.com calm. Calm. So, which i know literally like a yeah. 1.x billion dollar company we just got offered uh well over a hundred dollars a share if we we sold 10 percent of our position in it uh when it hit 250 just to give the investors a little bit of money back i didn't want to sell but i felt like mm, let me just take a little bit of chips off the table so i emailed the syndicate members hey we're we just got you whatever it is three times your money in yeah. four years they're like Somebody writes me this email and they're like, oh my God, J-Cal, this is incredible. You know, I put $8,000. It's over. In. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote him back and I said, and we still have 90% of our shares. And he wrote back, I don't understand. <laughs> and I said, okay, let me explain to you one more time. Uh, you put in 8,000. We sold 10% of your $8,000 original investment. That was $800. You still have the other $7,200 in play. The person's like, that doesn't make any sense. You're saying I turned $8,000 into 800,000 or whatever it was at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yes, that's what happened. And so then, uh, you know, but the ball started getting rolling. And, you know, I, the reason I actually wrote the book was because I finally felt like in my life, I was the best at something, right? Like, or one of the top 10, let's say. And I, I don't think you have any business writing a book unless you're really good at what you do, right? You know what, Jason, I'm gonna stop you for a second because you, you actually were on my podcast a long, long, long time ago. Years ago, three yeah. years ago, maybe. I know it's not yeah. that long, but in, in, in our years it is. Um, and I remember this exact thing where I stopped you because I wanted to understand why you, why you think about things as the best or top 10 yeah. when it comes to people. 
And I, right. I wonder if that's changed. I know it's off topic and I'm the one who said, let's stay on topic. Yeah. But has no, that changed there. for you? Well, I think here's it's so what fascinating. I think. Here's what I think. I, um, when you get to a certain level, you have to, at least my psychology is, I find if I set a goal and it's outlandish and I keep saying it to myself, it comes true. And then mm -hmm. I read your book mm -hmm. and you had a very similar yeah, write, chapter. Write your and own if, headlines. Precisely. Yes. And so my headline right now at the age of 49 is, you know, Jason Calacanis, the world's greatest technology investor in history. And I took the angel out of it. I dropped that out mm -hmm. because I'm already Mount Rushmore of that. I don't know if I can say Mount Rushmore anymore because I think it's racist now, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say top four. I, I don't know how you say it, like your top four list. But anyway, if there was, there, there are a dozen, to, in truth, there's a dozen people who've hit like Uber-like outcomes, right? Google, Apple, whatever. But just in terms of like, as an angel investor, I'm definitely top five. And Chris mm -hmm. Ock and Ron Khan. And, and in terms of the success of your return. Just dollars return. Yeah. yeah yes. and at, that, but then in terms of how helpful to founders, I feel I'm number one because I'm still in the game. And the other folks I yeah. mentioned, Ron Conway, Bill Lee, uh, well, Billy's a venture capitalist now, but Ron Conway's kind of retired, I think, and Chris Saka is retired, except he's working on carbon-based stuff, so he's kind of mm -hmm. half in, half yeah, out Yeah, he's never going to be retired. Chris yeah, he's, he's kind of dabbling, right? He's doing yeah. what's interesting to him, and what I'm doing is I'm trying to, I, I today set new goals for everybody on the team because things are going so well, so I said, like, listen, listen I'm just resetting everything. Yeah, I Whatever get it. we so did up to that point is, you know, so I just want to, I like to set those goals for myself that are outlandish and just see if I hit them. I like that. So I, I say, I, I heard something when I was in junior high that I kept with me, uh, live so that, that, so that there's standing room only at your funeral. That, and that's Love been it. what I've Love lived that. by. Yours is maybe a hundred years from now, your, your tombstone will be a leaderboard. Yeah, maybe. You know, I, <laughs> and you'll I, be at the top I, Honestly, I like the idea of just setting these goals because it gives you a framework, right? And so... You know, I said to my team, at some point, I'd like to get to one syndicate a week. And mm -hmm. that was maybe a year or two ago. I said, we, don't ha we, we won't do it just to put out deal flow, but it would be nice if we had enough high quality deal flow and we can mm -hmm. talk about deal flow and which deals I'll syndicate today mm -hmm. versus which ones I syndicated four years ago. Um, and uh, I just tweeted today, I was like, I looked up and I was like, oh, nine deals in the, la in the next eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah, well, that's more than one a week. So here we go. Let's talk about that too. So, so we'll close out on, on calm calm. You did this oh, right. about six years ago. You put in, I think it was 378,000. Yeah. So 50 from like the fund and then like 300 and change from uh, the and that, that will return more money than my Uber investment. I think, cause I think yeah. calm's got a five X left in it. It could go five, it could go two to 10 X yeah. because whoever's coming in at that billion dollar valuation, they're not doing it to lose money. They're doing it because they see an opportunity to at least double their money. Usually, and, yes, yes. And, they, and those, those real far downstream investors tend to make cash on cash. Obviously, they make huge. Yeah, amazing amounts of money. Uh, and the people who are in those deals. So that's a whole other story too. So you did that. It goes on to start doing really, really well. It stays in business because of the syndicate. Each of those 60 or so syndicate people would have put in yeah. 
4,000, 5,000, 1,000, et cetera. Yeah, the average was 4,000 on that deal. Yeah, yeah. And now they are sitting on something pretty remarkable and they've already been cashed out. Between and, 50 and $100 million. Incredible. Incredible, insane. right? Insane. Yeah, right no, and now, I get, and I like get 20% of that, you know? Like, and so... you get 20%. Yeah, because it's you have 5%. So we're not gonna get too much because I'm not sure how much you can talk about. But yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yum, so, yum. But, but to be fair, to be fair, that is not going to happen every time somebody puts a syndicate. Like no. we're talking to our syndicate. We're talking to our syndicate people right now. Yeah. And we're saying to them, you hope for something like that. It is possible. It it's is possible. certainly possible. That's why it makes it yeah. so rich, right? And interesting. But what normally, what's more of a normal situation of those other 25? So I tell people, if you're, if you're taking the right amount of risk, so in order to have an outlier like that, you need to be that 71st investor who was bold enough to say, you know what? I've got my own thesis. I'm going with it. It's the non-consensus bets that are the ones, the brave bets that have the outlier result. I said earlier in the conversation, hey, three of us, myself, Cyan, and first round at the Open Angel Forum for Uber made the investment. 19 people didn't. Mark Suster is always very gracious about talking about being there and just not getting his head around it enough. He was kind of on the fence. Um, and so I tell people, I think, you know, if I was advising my family, that's how I like to phrase it because I want to let you, you know, know like I didn't come for money. So if like my family, my brothers, my cousins, in fact, one of my cousins is an LP on my fund now and he likes to angel invest. So I say, hey, listen, I think the right number for an accredited investor is somewhere between one and 10% of your net worth if you're doing this part-time. If you wanted to go full-time, maybe you could, and you're young and you don't need the money right now and you want to get frisky, you know, I could see you doing 20%. Some of these crypto kids, like I had Pomp on my podcast recently, he told me he's over 50% in Bitcoin. One bet. That's crazy behavior, which can lead to, you know, dramatic outcomes like the risk of ruin or, you know, a G650 plane. <laughs> Yeah. Putting that aside, I believe if you're investing in companies that have their products in market already and they've demonstrated some level of product market fit, product market fit is a fancy way of saying customers who love your product, the product, the market, market equals customers, product equals whatever you sell. If you're at 500K in sales a year, a million dollars in sales a year, which is what I'm trying to target for the syndicate most typically, sometimes we'll go a little bit earlier. I think you have to hit 30 deals. And then you have enough diversification that one out of 30 could break a 30 or 40 or 50X return. In which case you go, wait a second, that one investment paid for the others, I'm in the black already and I'm ready to, 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 to make a profit. And if you look at venture capital as a class, of, as an asset class versus the stock market, uh, on average, it beats the stock market. Mm -hmm. um, and in some times you have, you know, depending on what time period you invest and what valuation it can fluctuate. So really the bet you're making here is one, you enjoy doing this Two, you have a tenure. If, if you're going to do this, you should enjoy doing it. You should love startups. You should love the founders. You should love that. You should be prepared for the money to be inaccessible for 10 years, right? You're, you're on a decade long arc. You should do it with an amount of money you can afford to lose which typically for an affluent person who's accredited is five or 10% of their net worth. They would not miss that because their other assets might be growing at 7% a year, which is what the stock market does on average. 
So if you lose it all over two or three years, you're probably going to replenish it from the stock market or your day job, right? So you can also think about it in terms of your, your day job. You know, if you make a quarter million dollars a year or your household makes 500,000 a year, these are big numbers, I know, but that's the accreditation laws uh, as they stand today. Uh, you know, you can afford to lose 30 grand. That's like a vacation or two for those for that category of person, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I tell people like diversification, maybe in the 30s. And you also have to, you know, 30, 30 individual investments. But then you got to know which four or five are breaking out. And when they do break out, you want to double or triple down on them, which I didn't um, do in the early days, but I did do in the last four or five years. On those first, on that first round of funding, that first 30, let's say, because I, I had a, an episode a few episodes back, everybody can listen to where I break it down, break down my strategy if I were joining the syndicate uh, for about an hour. And we talk about, you know, at least do 10, at least spread this out. On that first group, that first layer, yeah. how important do you think it is to invest the same amount of money in each one if we're talking about not knowing exactly which one is going sure. to hit. So this, this is uh, referred to in gambling as bet sizing, right? Um, and so you have to think about your bet size. What, what I'm trying to do is teach people to be great at picking this and, and making bets. Uh, and this is a, there is no right answer here. This is a debated question for a long time. What I tell people is feel free to vary your bet size and record it and write down in a piece of paper in your journal or in your you know, Google sheet or your Airtable, whatever you're using to record why you say yes and why you say no, why you chose to double your investment in Calm versus doing half in density versus doing triple in Uber. This way, when you look back on it four or five years from now, you can say, oh, here I thought the founder was great, but I didn't like the product. Here I thought the product was great, but I didn't like the market. And here I thought the traction was great, but I, didn't, I, I thought the product was weak, right? You, you have some sort of mental model. And this is the, what we do as investors is we think about thinking and we think about outcomes. So it's like part gambling, it's part mindset, it's part chess, it's part poker. It's, it's, got a, it's, a, it's a very dynamic thing. So I think you can't go wrong by just saying, I'm going to make 20, 30 bets and I'm going to do 5K each. And then when I do my follow on and I see, oh, some great venture capital firm is investing more and I have what's called pro rata, I get to maintain my percentage ownership. I'm going to go ahead and use that on the top three. So let's say, um, and I, I have a course called Angel University, which is basically free with a $100 donation to charity. It's three hours. Um, we actually gave, I don't know if you know Mitch and Freda Kapoor's smash program. Uh, we just wrote them a check for 14K yesterday to, um, to support them. And basically, you really need to get to like 30. That's number one. So I, most people would say 10 is too few. Some people would probably say 20. I like to say 30 over three years. This mm -hmm. way, you're kind of pacing it once a month. You do one deal a month. Yeah, I was saying 10 in the first year was Perfect. the kickoff. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. And, and I like the idea of the smallest bet size possible. Why? If you were learning poker, would you go play at the table where it's a $10,000 buy-in or blackjack? Would you play the $10,000 hand? Or would you go to like the place far off the strip where they let you do $2 bets while you're learning? When you're learning, make small bets. Just don't rush. So I, I purposely on our syndicate set this, the minimum as low as possible given the size of the round. So 2K is our minimum. It used to be 1K, but the processing fees on 1K and everything, it doesn't make much economic sense. Mm -hmm. But we made it 2K 
Um, and we'll let the people with the 10K checks go in first, fill up the round, and then we look at the rest. So 10K gets a guaranteed spot, and then we fill everybody else in. And I got a lot of people who read the book or took the course, and they'll make, you know, 10 2K bets. Then when it's a winner, I think something around 2 to 10x that. So let's just build a model in our head of uh, somebody who's going to put, they've got a, a net worth of $10 million. They decide they're going to put 500K to work. Do 30 deals at 10K each. Okay, now you got $300,000. Then you have 200 left over, 5% of your net worth, $10 million net worth, 5% is 500K. 300,000, 10K each, first 30 bets. Let's say four of the bets are breaking out, just about 10% of them. You take those four, you take that last 200K, you put $50,000 into each one. Okay, so you got four companies that you did that 50K second bet and the original 10K bet. That means of your 500K, 240 of it is in the four winners. And the first 260 is in the, the ones that didn't perform that well. So on a, on a name basis, you have 30 names, 30 logos, 30 brands. But when you look at the dollars, they're concentrated 20, uh, 48%, right? in the winners. So the dollars are 48%, but mm -hmm. the, on a n numerical basis, you get the idea. Mm -hmm. So that's just, when we made a little model like that, um, and I'll, I'll give you the URL of the model. We made like a Google sheet for that. Um, and I'll look it up in a minute, but uh, we made a little uh, free Google sheet for people to actually play with this model. Um, and I think it's important to, for people to learn themselves, right? So you and I, we can talk about the advice we would give but we might have different risk tolerance, right? Like you don't have kids. You said earlier in the program, like I'm not intending on having kids. Okay. Well, oh, but I, I, have, I have people that I pay for. So um, yeah. So you might right be back looking to the at, kids for <laughs> yeah, auntie might be picking up some private, you know, some college funds. Oh, I certainly have 29. Yeah. You might be putting a little 529 action in there to get that college thing going. Uh, so you just got to think it through. Right. And, and at our age, uh, you know, I think you're in your thirties. I'm in my forties. Somebody might be in their sixties. Maybe they need the money. Maybe they don't need the money. Everybody's got different circumstances, right? So you got to, I think, learn by doing, associate with the best networks, right? You've got a great network. I've got mm -hmm. a great network. I tell everybody, join everybody's network, but learn mm -hmm. the game. But join learn Backstage Crowd first. Join Absolutely, first. <laughs> head over the head over to Jason's. Well, thesyndicate.com is mine. But yeah, thus, you should, you should do all of them because you can read the deal memos. Like yeah. I just logged in and I looked at your deal memo uh, for for your first deal. We have two uh, deals, so you've missed. Oh, one. The second. Oh, oh, what, yeah, what, what? we'll come back. We'll come back. Okay, I'll, show I'll, you. Back I'll show you. But <laughs> the writing of the deal memos is you know absolutely critical. I think that's the skill. You know, there's mm -hmm. picking it and then there's you explaining. Yeah. why you're making the bet. When I used to make my own bets, I was just like, well, F it. It's my bet. I'm going to make my bet. I don't have to explain it to anybody. Yeah. But you and I have to think, mm, when this thing goes south and most will go to zero, you're going to, somebody's going to pull up that deal memo and say, oh, Arlen, oh, Jason, uh, you said this, this is your thesis on why you invested? Seems reasonable. Let's keep yeah. investing together. Yeah. Or if you phoned it in or it's, you know, BS, it's like, Mm, there's a lot of wishy-washy terms in this deal memo here. It was, I, it was most things. 
and venture and with backstage, we, we can't afford to, to BS our way through this. I mean, the, the microscope on backstage is incredible. The standards that yeah. are held, that we're held to compared to others is, is just remarkable. So are remarkable. So there's that, but let's go back to, you mentioned a few minutes ago, something really interesting. You said that you had this goal of, of uh, a deal per week. So what yeah. were you doing originally? It was like, I think last year we did 30, I, I actually didn't really pay attention to it. I just, anytime I was investing from my small fund and I had, uh, I've had a couple of little funds, you know, we're talking 10, 20 million range funds, low tens yeah, of millions. Tiny that ones was, that I've worked my, for the last decade to get. Yes. Exactly. Ahead. Same with me. I mean, I hustled yeah. to get my first 10 together and uh, it was easier for me because I'm sitting around a poker table with a bunch of billionaires and centimillionaires. So, you know, yeah. I, certainly, you know, as hard as it felt for me, like, incomparable for me to compare my journey to yours um and uh, incomparable for a woman who's from afghanistan or india to compare themselves to you right we all are on our own journeys and i think that's right you and i have that respect for each Uh other which you know just i love my i love my time with you uh more than a lot of the other folks in the industry because i always feel like we're like 100 percent real about this specific thing mm-hmm. yeah we disagree and sometimes and uh, productively productively yeah because if i mean i know i said we're not going to go here but let's go for just a second we'll go there <laughs> if i had canceled you right three years ago or four years right. ago when you tweeted out something this or that or the other or sure. if i if i hadn't you know try i'm not going to be in a room and have the conversation if i don't care Yep. And I am, I am always at that point of people can change. Well, let me watch them change. You know, yeah. most people just don't. Or, to. and conversely, if I was like, oh, this person's just coming at me. They don't even know who I am and they're yeah. accusing me of stuff. I'm just going to block them. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a lot of the mistake is we need to give each other a chance. Right. Yeah. And the language we use at each other and the benefit of the doubt we give each other. When I saw you and I saw you come into the industry and you're throwing some elbows and you're, <laughs> I was like, well, that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. That's how I did it. That's how I played basketball. That's how I played life. That's how I got into the industry. I spoke my mind. People blocked me. Mark Andreessen blocks me. He unblocks me. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Jason Calacanis and I got like Mark Andreessen blocking me. And I'm like, you know what, Mark? Block me because I'm the best point guard in the goddamn league and I'll never pass the ball to Andreessen Horowitz. Oh. You know, like God, I, it's I, been I'm just still God. throwing elbows. <laughs> I'm still throwing elbows. I just take the ball up the court and I see like, oh, there's the there's the Andreessen Horowitz partner open. You know what I do? I look at their four top competitors. Boom, I give the ball to them because they don't respect me. Mm. And I'll say it here on your podcast. And if the, you can, somebody can clip it, you put it out there. J. Cal at war with Andreessen Horowitz because they don't respect him. I don't feel respected by them. Hmm. And, that, and, and, and I, I'm going to say it. And that's how you are too. And that's why we, I think that's why we. Yeah, I, I try kinda, not to. I mean, I I'm was, not going to be disrespected by Mark I will say this. I will say this, Jason. I was raised by uh, the a queen of petty. <laughs> My mother could do a master class in petty <laughs> very beautifully. She is good. She, I'll tell you how, how petty. Everybody ready? Everybody yep. ready? Prepare yourselves. You think you know, you don't know. My mother named me after her ex-boyfriend when my father was late to her my birth. Everyone collect themselves. <laughs> Everyone collect themselves. Okay. Oh so- my lord, that is a troll of like. 
proportion that doesn't seem even possible. If you wrote it in a movie or a TV show, nobody would believe it. But it's amazing. So, it's amazing. I know of petty. Yes. Um, I try not to be petty. Or, I try, but it yeah. is, it is, a, everybody else is It's sticking up for yourself. I don't look yes. at it as petty as much as you, I don't care how much money you have, Mark Andreessen. I don't care you have $10 billion under management and I got, you know, a hundred. You will not disrespect me. And mm -hmm. I, and I, you, you, if you disrespect me, you do it at your peril, right? Did this come so, from something? Did this happen? Something happen, or just? Well, I, you know, without getting into it too much, you know, I invite him on my podcast or Ben Horowitz, and then their PR people are like, no, you can't have Ben, uh, you can't have Mark on your podcast, but you can have these three new partners over here. And they just jerked me around for literally a decade when I was coming up. And I was mm -hmm. like, guys, every other firm is an LP in my fund. Mm -hmm. Every other firm comes to my events. And you guys just like treat me like, you know, Gum an outsider. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm here now. I live in Silicon Valley. And I get to the deals long before Mark Andreessen is even awake. I, mm -hmm. I get to these deals before Ben Horowitz. Like maybe once in a while they'll beat me to a deal, but nine times out of 10, I'm going to beat them to a deal. And when I, when that founder comes to me and says, who should you go with? I tell them like, well, listen, I sent these three founders to Andreessen Horowitz and here's how district, they all three came back to me and said they felt disrespected. Hmm. And this is a couple of years ago, maybe things have changed, but I just said to myself, if they don't respect me and they're jerking me around, and then I send three founders to Andreessen Horowitz and they feel jerked around, I'm out, I'm out, that's yeah. it. And if you, I mean, it's just ridiculous to me, like to, to be, it's supposed to be a team sport, right? And if, if you're going to disrespect the point guard on the team, you do so at your peril because the point guard brings the ball up the court, right? And I will be respected. And you know what? All your competitors respect me. They're having me over for lunch. They're inviting me to the Warriors game. They're LPs in my fund. They come on the podcast. And, you know, Mark at some point was like, in order for us to be in business, do I have to be on your podcast? And I just wrote him back, yes. <laughs> That's it. Like, if you don't take the podcast interview, if you don't come and support me, why would I ever support you? And then on top of that, my, my three of my founders come back and say they felt like, you know, one of your partners was on their phone and didn't know why they were in the meeting and they cut the meeting short after they flew up to see you. When I send a part, when I send a company to the other top firms, the top person meets with them out of respect for me and my track record. Jason, now you got me all worked up. I've um, never seen you like this. I, no, I, I honestly, honestly it, really pisses me off. it really pisses me off, not just for me, but to disrespect the founders, yeah. you know, and which is a disrespect. Well, I wonder, and this is, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to start anything, but I just wonder, you know, as a, as an observer on the side, hey, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. you know, they didn't do Uber because they, they were in Lyft. Right. There's a little, there's a little, is it Uber Lyft? Little it, West there's Side probably East a little, there's probably a little West Coast, East Coast going on. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was, a, they hated Uber and they did Lyft. So there was a little bit of that, but typically we have a saying here in Silicon Valley, no conflict, no interest. Mm -hmm. And so if things get a little conflicted up, you, what you want to do is break bread with the person and try to make amends with them and, you know, maybe say, hey, that, you know, Uber and Lyft, we're, you know, most people who are involved, I still have a lot of Uber shares, but most yeah. people are involved in that. We know what we're going to make. We made our money on that. We're on to the next one. Yeah. 
And so like, and also no, nobody should be crying in that moment. You know, everybody, no, I, I, you know, the only thing I'm saying is like, <laughs> okay, you guys don't want me. You, you guys don't have to invite me to, you know, your barbecue. You don't have to invite me to your party, but don't expect that when I come down the court and you've disrespected me that I'm not going to tell my founders, like, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll make the forward to Andreessen Horowitz if a founder asks me. I'll, I'll actually make the introduction. I'll mm -hmm. just tell them, like, here's the disrespect that I've seen from that firm. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be disrespected, just be aware. I might send you over there and the partner who was going to meet with you has an associate show up or they're on their phone in a meeting. Just be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jason, um, this went somewhere I didn't you, expect. I know, I didn't expect to go there. Sorry, I, I, let's I, talk about syndicates. You got me all I'm, worked up. No, I'm happy, to, I'm happy for you to say just because <laughs> I know that it can be cathartic to when you, feel, when you feel slighted by someone. And a lot of times you can't say it out loud because you don't want to affect someone else and this and that. And there's all this house yeah. of cards. Yeah. But it does, it does finally get catch up and it finally gets to you. And I, I understand yeah. that. Superhuman, you know, did a big round with Andreessen. They picked Andreessen over five other companies. So that's fine. And that was one of your deals? Uh, yeah, we were like one of the first investors. I, well, invested in Ra I invested in Raul's first company, Reportive. So I was the first or second in both of his companies. Wow. So you yeah, just and that's a pattern. You, you always, really you always like want to keep betting on the same founder. Yes, that's important too. And, and, and I'll, you see how I transition here. Most of the deals, the four deals that we have so far, two of them are accredited only. Yeah. Um, two of them are sending you to other platforms. All four are from our current portfolio, either a, a, oh, a subsequent round or a bridge round. Yeah. And so we have years and years of experience with these companies. We'll do that as much as possible. The, the, the portfolio will get yeah. the first look at our, our syndicate. And that, I think that's yeah. a secret sauce too, that's gonna be very special because all these four, five, six years where people are like, what is, it, what is Backstage really doing? That's what you're doing. You're tilling the soil, you're planting, and yeah. that's, you can't pay for that type of respect and loyalty from a founder that you get up in the middle of the night to help uh, three years in and they haven't been able to raise. That's what the downstream investors like really need to take to heart when they try to bully the early stage investors. Like I've right. had three or four times later stage investors tried to take away our pro rata or take away one of our board seats. And uh, I just gave them the talk and it, the talk has worked every time. Yeah. You know, Which is usually it works except for that one time that we won't go back to. With, not, with, let's not get me started up yeah, again, yeah. but literally four out of four times the but, relationship got better and we do more business together because yeah. you put your foot down and say, do you think they just don't know? Do you think they're just so oblivious to how it works no, 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 in no. that world or they're just, they're, they're pushing their weight around. I think that sometimes people get a little high on their own supply mm -hmm. and maybe you raise a lot of funds and you forget where you came from mm -hmm. and you forget that like, you know, as you move downstream as an investor, right. And you make more money, you just get further from the apple orchard, mm. you know, and yet mm -hmm. now you're like buying bushels of apples at the market. Mm -hmm. But like, who do you think you use? The, I think you just said like, you've been doing this work till in the, till in the soil and like yeah. building and growing. Yeah. Like that's what I tell people. It's like, there's an orchard and there are people who work in the orchard. That's you and I, like yeah. we're looking for these apples. We're making sure the trees are pruned and, uh, we find the great apples and then we bring them to the market and the VCs take it from there. And so, you know, be careful. Like you may not get the shiny apple. 
Yeah, because there are a, there's a lot of competition, especially later well, on. There's, there's that competition. No competition early right. on. There's there's no, there's no competition. competition. <laughs> so the you're fighting. Like, yeah. Yeah, but then you get to the point where you're raising ten, twenty, thirty million dollars. There are plenty yeah. of funds that have been able to raise a billion dollars, and then they can make those bets really easily. And yeah. it, and it, where's you know you have to think about where can a billion dollar fund find culture. Where can they find something no, interesting? Yeah. And it has to be, it has to be in their relationships with angel investors, with super angels, with smaller yeah, funds, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah with the syndicates. And I, Well, you did all over a hundred investments early on when you were writing your 25K checks, 15K checks, 50K mm -hmm. checks. And so as I was talking, you did that like over the last four years, you know, 10 of those are gonna break out or are yeah. in the process of breaking out. Now those founders are going to remember your 15k check when you ask for a 250k allocation, whether you have the pro rata or the right to it. It's or just you happened. Don't. It's happened it in our happened, in right. one of our two. It's happened in both of our first accredited only deals, where we have a tiny, tiny bit of pro rata because we've made a tiny check. But in for yeah. one of the deals, we're the very first investor ever. And now they're doing about 35K monthly and they project that they'll 3X that in 12 months. And Fantastic. we get, we get, you know, a large part of that, a large allocation. Yeah. And the other one is just another, it's just out of this world. So I, I, I could see that early on. It, it made all the sense in the world to me. It was about relationships. And I knew yeah. that what I couldn't, what I didn't have in capital or connections, I was going to make up for and everything else. And it was going to be yeah. a, going to be person to person, bit by bit, no matter how it looked from the outside, no matter how weird it I, looked or how out proportioned it looked, you know? You know, like, uh, the other th your book is very good, by the way. Uh, and I mean that sincerely, like one author to the other, because you put yourself out there a bit. And the fact that you don't care how you come across, that is not, you know, your intent, you know, your worth. Mm -hmm. And you go over this from, you know, I I'm going to wear a sweatshirt. And I know what my speaking fee is. Like you give mm -hmm. multiple examples in the book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, at this point in year four or five, like you're about to get very dangerous because it, what people don't realize is those founders, you're going to be number one on their list if you're not already number one on their list. Mm -hmm. And that's how quickly things can change here in this town. You know, like Y Combinator went, it didn't exist 20 years ago. And then that was the first stop. Like I got to get stamped in my book, right? Yeah. Like Jason Calacanis didn't exist as an investor 12 years ago. And now people are like, got to get that stamp in my passport. Mm. And Arlen Hamilton didn't exist six years ago for, for as far as like the venture community is concerned. Yep. And now, oh, okay, well, now I got a syndicate. Now I got some chips. I got a book. I got a following. I don't know what your Twitter following is, but it, it's it's not what it was five years ago, you know. Yeah, and I would say I say I would tell you that the the roots are very very deep. It is um, there's something very special happening right now, including anyone who's listened this long this far into the conversation who listens to my podcast. You know what I'm talking about. There's something yeah. that is very very people don't do a, a flyby when it comes to this journey that I'm on. They're yeah. very invested. Yep. And therefore, there's a lot of uh, flexibility and width that I can take with this. I can take it yeah. into media. I can take it different places. And ultimately, I talk about this in my course, brand versus reputation. Hmm. You know, brand is how the world sees you. Reputation is real time, uh, 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 re like uh, proof of that. 
what yes. how are you how the are you basing of that brand yes and how are the you brand is built how are the reputation. two yeah. how are the two now uh brand is can be can be great created but reputation is is all authentic it's all there yeah. and so every hour of my waking day and, and probably a lot of sleeping <laughs> is about having a good reputation and forgetting about what brand is being built around me and yeah. so that's going to pay off. I know it will. That's why I can very honestly say, you know, well, look, I'm going to be wealthy. It's, it's, it's just a no brainer to me. If you, if you look at what your first couple of deals, you know, like to come out of the gate without talking any specifics about any other deals, but if you can come out of the gate at above 200 K on any of these deals, mm -hmm. that's, that's legit. Cause mm -hmm. now you're talking about what a seed fund would put in, you mm -hmm. know, 250 K check. Mm -hmm. And now you got a seat at the table. Um, and, you know, the next card that will turn over for you is you'll have a deal hit 500K. Uh, well, or, let me tell you, a million. Let me tell you, we're going we're gonna to wrap up things right now. But I'll tell you that as of today, this is Sunday, July 12, 2020. I'm releasing this episode in just a moment. As of today, I can say this, that uh, we've reached our original goal of 400,000 for our first deal already. <laughs> And it has been extended. The founder has let us extend it in an inside round, by the way. He does, yeah. not, need, he does not need us. So you got um, your allocation increased. Exactly. See, that's and, the power of your reputation and brand. Yes. And so then our, and our, second, and our second one cannot be, our second deal cannot be extended just because we are at the very end of it. Because before so we would have been able to put 25K in, but now we can put in with our this wonderful syndicate, we can put in the 200K allocation that we have on and this. What deal. I'll say as we wrap up to the people sure. who are members of the syndicate is many hands makes for light work. And if you think about how angel investing or, or any of this used to work, you had to, the minimum check size, 25, 50, 100, 250K. And, you know, you couldn't get that diversification to 30 deals, which means, you know, if it fails and 80% fail, 70% fail, well, now you've got a 50K, 250K crater. Mm. When you could put in, I don't know what your minimum is, but if it's 5K or it's 10K, like if you're learning, people pay a quarter million dollars from an MBA. If any of your nieces and nephews came to you and said, auntie, if I, can I get that 250 and put it into angel investing instead? Or I should I give it to Harvard or whatever? That would be a tough decision. Like mm -hmm. Harvard, you know, yeah, that's gonna, that might pay off, but you gotta pay it off over 20 years. So, you know, writing small checks is just so much fun and it's so low risk. This is what people spend on a, on a round trip business class ticket, five, 10 K, like no big deal if you lose it. And, and if you hit and you will, you're going to eventually hit one of these. It's just a matter of like year six or seven. And when you hit one of these and all of a sudden your bank account goes to 10 million, then you're going to be dangerous. And that's like, you're on the cusp of my personal right bank account. I'm talking about Arlen's bank account right yeah, now. I'm going to talk about your money, but yeah. let me tell you. No, something. I agree with you. I could say, I can you say, can say whatever I want about it, Mark and Treason, because I don't need Mark and Treason, right? Yeah. Like I can just dunk on him all day long. Because your, your theory, your thesis theory is that, that that 10 million is that sort of FU break point. For 100, 100 it is. Because once you, mm -hmm. I mean, but also there's some people who just have it in how they do it every day. And like, you, you still had that, you know, where you're going to speak your mind and defend yourself. Yeah. 
without having without having the ammunition with ten dollars <laughs> you didn't even have the ammunition so you you're, you're walking into a gunfight with like no bullets yeah but once you get bullets oh oh i have bullets yeah. you know I, I i and then the syndicate is the army behind you and this is what's made me so powerful in the industry now and this is about power i'm you know people like to play this like oh you know it's not a zero sum game. It's a big blue ocean. Everybody wins. No, it is right. about power and money and connections. And now you got how many accredited investors in your first month? We have 500? more than 500. Yeah. It's okay. By the way, it's like 650. In your first month, you have more than I had in my first year. Right. Like you're going to be very dangerous, Arlen Hamilton. You hit <laughs> one, you will hit one of these in your first 10 or 20. Uh, and when you do, and then you start selling that secondary and that, oh, here comes a little carry. Okay. Now you're really dangerous. Like then you become unstoppable. And that's what the people who are part of your syndicate, part of what they're doing is like, when we talk about change and culture, mm -hmm. like I, I try to change the culture, but you are the culture, right? Like mm -hmm. you're, you know how many magazine covers I've been on? <laughs> Zero. You've been on every magazine cover. You've been on many uh, more magazine covers. So you're, Literally you're changing the culture <laughs> or two like two. by, by, and you know what? You suffered for the first four or five years. Like it, I still feel like, yeah, under definitely underdog right now. Let's keep not that feeling of being an underdog, yeah. but know that you're not. See, okay. you, you got to keep that. This is what I try to do. That's why I like my fight with Mark Andreessen is important because uh -huh. I, everybody else is rooting for me. I, I only have like one person left who, you know, is a jerk to me and doesn't yeah. want to do business with me. Well, I'll say this, uh, just full disclosure, Mark is an investor in several of our micro He was funds. an LP in my first fund too. Yes. He, I believe he has blocked me recently as well. Um, He's a so, weird cat. Like, how could you be an LP in your fund and then block you? What is the logic here? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, 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 I haven't reached out to him because I'm not as interested. I feel... Um, I think he's interesting. I think he's a very interesting guy. And I, I, yeah. I applaud him and appreciate him for investing early on when very few people had already. I think yeah. that's very interesting of him. I, I think of us as, you know, if I were to hundred X his that first fund, I would put a dent. He can maybe get an extra ski lift, you know, pass. So it's yeah. not that he was lift doing it to, to be richer than he is, but I, I give him credit like, for that. I do give him credit because he emailed me proactively and said, yeah, but hey, I oh, like I heard you have a fund. Can I put in, you know, 50K yeah. or whatever? I think and he's I was like, okay. probably upset. And then this, again, I just is com complete conjecture because I don't know, but he might be upset because in press over the past month or so with, with the protests, I called out Sequoia. I called out uh, uh, Andreessen Horowitz. I called out uh, Kleiner Vince Perkins. Skin, soft. In the <laughs> words of Kobe to Dwight Howard, soft well again that's it's what conjecture. i would say soft yeah. now, I, i'm saying that from my perspective i don't know yes. if you've ever seen the gif so, what you've seen the kobe gif where he goes one two three four five six and he counts out his championships oh okay <laughs> and he just goes Mr. like audio my audio friends here yeah well, he just I counts say, out on his fingers and he's so here's what i here's what i think i just think that what an incredible conversation it would be for me to have with my lp mark andreessen or ben horowitz or both of them uh on a podcast and i think how is ben not on your podcast i mean talk about supporting black culture like they have done so much right well i i don't know i guess i guess the answer is maybe we just have to ask them 
Maybe. I've I'm asked just going to stay times right there and... in the pocket of that. Okay. <laughs> I keep you in the positive zone, but you know, we should have them on together. <laughs> we'll do a crossover yeah. podcast. I the just, four of us I chopping just, it up. I don't know enough. You know what I'm saying? Like if I know right. something, I'm going to, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to go sure. off. But if I just don't know enough, I don't know if Mark Andreessen, I imagine he's in some sort of lair with some sort of bust of his own face as like the, as like the outside of it. And he pushes a button and comes up from underground. And, you know, he's, he's a billionaire. And I, I don't even know if he's over there with his thumbs typing on Twitter, you know, so I don't know the, the reasoning behind blocking you know me, Just be like but I noticed a normal, it. Be a normal, this is what I always tell people, be normal. <laughs> just be normal. Just be normal. It's just money. Think, it's just jets. It's just sports teams. Be normal. Be Jason, honest. when did you, if you want to say, when did you hit the yeah. 10 million mark personally? Well, you know, I, I saw Weblogs Inc. in the 2005 era and, uh, you know, got pretty close and I had made a couple million bucks off the event. So I was kind of like, you know, 15 years ago, I went from when my wife and I got married or right before we got married, I was negative 10,000. Mm-hmm. And she, we got engaged. I was living in a really shitty corporate apartment that cost like 2100 a month all in. I had to know my nut because that was everything. Uh, mm-hmm. And we were living in Santa Monica. And then Weblogs Inc. got sold for 30 million bucks 18 months after I created it. Mm. And the money came in. And I just sat there refreshing my Bank of America. <laughs> and then my wife walked in and the number changed. And she said, why are you crying? And I said, I'm not crying. And there was just tears going down my face. Wow. And she said, you're, you're crying. And I felt it. And I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about money ever again because I just spent the last 35 years worrying about money. Yeah. And when people say like, there's always these people who say it's not about money in Silicon Valley. I'm like, you've obviously never been poor. You've yeah. never, you know, had uh, your parents miss their their rent or had a notice sent to the house that, Hey, like I can remember when I was a kid, like, Oh my God, are we going to lose the house? Is my dad going to go to jail? Like these were like real fears of like, mm-hmm. we're out of money. And like, we're, I'm not going to college. Like my dad just told me like, I'm sorry. I, I can't pay for your college son. That's mm-hmm. what my dad told me. I'm sorry. And I said, don't worry about pop. I'll just go at night. Right. Yeah. And, and which you did, which I did, but yeah. th- you know, and that's, why what we do in the syndicates just to close it is so important because what we're doing that for other people we're giving them that 250 we're giving them that 500 and i think that that's the obligation of the people who are in the the accredited class and the people who are in the investing class is to uh, to move people up and the problem in america right now is the people on the bottom don't feel the system is fair and that they can move up and we've got to make it so that people like me or you or the next Arlen or the next Jason feel like I can do what they did. And to be honest, that's why I wrote the book. I wrote the book because I wrote it to myself. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I it's why same. you wrote your book. Yeah, I did the same. I wrote my book to myself. For, that's uh, what it is. Six it's years like ago. A, it's exactly I think you're, you're getting a little emotional, Jason. I'm, I'm getting a little emotional, you know, because I, I read yeah. your book and it was part of our thing. And I just read your story and I just saw so much of my story in it, you know, yeah. and, and I'm, you know, I'm not a black lesbian from the South with a single parent, you know, we're, really? we're, we're, we're so different. I know you sometimes you I do get confused feather, as the black lesbian from the South. Sometimes people think it. Yeah. But, we get, 
airports we just get confused all the time all the time but you know what people are going to are going to be confusing are going to be saying oh yeah you should just go to jason or arlen syndicate like they're going to just put us in the same category you're in the yeah. same category now by the way you need to take stock of the fact that you in one month did what i did it took me two years to do mm. that's what you just did by getting to 650 people and breaking 400 on that deal I don't think I broke 400 for two years. So mm. just take, you know, you talk about self-care in your book. Just in terms of self-care, like pop a bottle. Oh, you're not popping bottles anymore. Oh, pop but, a uh, bottle of Diet Coke all day. Pop a bottle of Diet Coke. Take, take your, your wife uh, and go buy yourself some whatever you love, sushi, pizza, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Because what you did in a month, in one month, puts you in the top 10 syndicates in the world in one month. Wow. Soak it in, Arlen. It's real. It's real. Wow. And, and it, you know what? I woke up one day and we had a two and a half million dollar deal done. And then I woke up one day and I had tens of millions. And all of a sudden I woke up one day and I had 140 syndicates done and $70 million in play. Incredible. Like 400K at a time. It yeah. adds up. 400K you do one deal a month, you do 10 deals a year, all of a sudden, 4 million over 10 years, years, 40 million to work, and you 3 or 4x that, mm -hmm. yum, yum. <laughs> Money equals power, right? And don't discount how much good you can do when you get that chip stack. Like you've done so much good without a chip stack, with oh, the I'm, chip stack, you're going to be dangerous. I'm just getting started, Jason. And I, appreciate I know that. I, I really know that. That's why I'm trying to make sure I solidify this relationship right now, <laughs> because you're gonna get, you're gonna have your own Uber or your own Robin Hood or Com, and I yeah. gotta get a slice of that cap table. Yeah. I'm gonna be texting you and saying, "Hey, Arlen, hey, remember when I had you on the podcast? <laughs> and you know, we did, we mixed it up a little bit. Good times. Any chance you can get me a hundy into that company? Maybe even fitty? Or can I get a two fifty in there? As long as you promise not to say fitty, I will. I will let you. I, I've been saying fitty at a hundred all the time. <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. Jason, Jason, how do I, people I'll... how do people find you, and then how do people okay. join your syndicate and vice? Sure. You know, we'll do vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Twitter.com/slash Jason uh, is uh, me. And uh, there is uh, in my bio, there's like one of those like link sharing things with all the stuff I do. The book is Angel uh, and the podcast is This Week in Startups. Yeah. And uh, the class is angel.university. I do it monthly. It's free. We got 307 people going. Uh, this and time. you have and the Jason Twitter handle? I have Jason on Twitter and Jason on Insta. And Jason How'd you make Tumblr. that happen? Well, before, we're Just, you know, being early. I was early. When I used to fill out the forms, I would always fill out my full name, uh, Jason Calacanis. And then I was like, you know, it's just too long to type out. And so I reached out to the people who had it, you know, in year one. And I was like, hey, any chance I could get that? And then, you know, I, uh, I, uh, I did, I, I can do favors for people, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did a couple favors. Yeah. And I was able to make it work. That's all. Yeah. I can't, I can't talk about too much detail. Too much. Like something might've fallen off a truck, something, Some, here, you know, there. somebody yeah. might have picked something up and yeah, yeah, you I know, you. there's no serial numbers, but you know, it still worked. All right. All right. Well, all thank right, you, Jason. I mean, this has been above and beyond anything I could have imagined. I appreciate you, your time. I appreciate of course. you. Appreciate we're going to put this out very soon, people. Um, if you, we're going to do this Sunday real quick. Night. We're going to do, we're going to do. Oh, by the way. Yes. You, you, we have something else in common. What's that? I am a, I was a super fan of the L word. 
Really? I yeah. love lesbian you, culture. If you had come to one of our mm. like, the meetups, I would have been like, yeah. I met Jenny. Uh, who's the woman who played Mia Jenny? Kushner. Mia, Mia Kushner. I met Kushner. She's yeah. incredible. She's incredible. incredible. incredible I met her at the Aspen Institute and we started texting. Yeah. And we started having this text thing going. Yeah, she's incredible. And, yeah, I, I, I think she's amazing. Is it, yeah. There's a new one. Did you watch the new one yet? Or? There's a new one, yeah. I just interviewed uh, uh, quite a bit of the cast um, from the new one and from the old. I interviewed a uh, person who played Shane, person who played um, Bet, oh, yeah. and uh, kept going there. But anyway, yeah, yeah. L Word. I mean, L -word, whatever. you had a magazine, I had a magazine. I had a magazine, all this we, kind of stuff. We have, our, we have a very... Um, we both respect and understand the power of media and amplification of what we do yes. Uh, yes. against, even against people having issue with that sometimes. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it all, it all shakes out. So all this right. is wonderful. The code we're going to use is candle. If you've made it this far, you're going to DM me. Candle. You're going to at me. You're going to say candle on Twitter, Instagram, e email, text, whatever. DM me candle too at Jason. Candle. At I love Jason. when you do your secret word. Or I like, I like when you drop your Sundays when you're just like, here's what I'm thinking about. Because I have yeah. you in my, I have like a short list of pods yeah. that I just listen to all of them. And you're yeah. on my short list. And then it just plays them in order. And so once in a oh. while, I'll be sitting at my computer. I put all the kids to bed. Wife's asleep. And it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, boop. You just drop in that Sunday thing. And I told my guys, why don't, why don't we drop something on a Sunday night? Like, yeah, I just drop like, whenever it feels right to me. And today it feels right. We're going to drop this right drop now it. on Sunday. It's happening. All right, Arlen. Stay safe. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, for being here and for listening. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Arlen. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right.